4759 of the fan band at a sprint gunning. Hey, uh, if you're, you know, you just, you were in a coma over the week. Shoy Otani's a Dodger. What? Yeah. I was told. No, we won't go back down. And, and you know, really it's funny. You can pause, you can, you can pose this as, yeah, he ended up in the place he was always favored to end up. Although on Friday, Vegas took down the odds. Mm-hmm. I I actually, that was the first thing I checked when I, because unlike you, I was able to sneak in a touch of slumber Mm -hmm. after, after the show, just a touch though. And then I woke up and I was like, Hmm, wonder what the market's at. Oh, the market doesn't exist. (laughs) Market's gone. So yeah, he ends up in the place he was likely to end up. And and again, like, it's not hard to make an argument for the Dodgers here. Like, no, that's. it's, it's Los Angeles. It's a storied franchise. They have deep pockets, mm-hmm. deep enough to give them $700 million over 10 years. Yep. They win a lot during the regular season and in the postseason when there's no fans. Yeah, they want a fake one, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's. It's obvious. Yeah. Like, I don't need to convince you as to why the Dodgers make sense. Can I just throw one other thing? Mm-hmm. They gave them $700 million. Oh, right. Yeah, that's that. And again, according to Ben Nicholson-Smith, Blue Jays were right there. They were in the ballpark. Uh, what exactly that means, I don't know. But in his story on Sportsnet.ca, it indicates well over $600 million And yep. maybe given a chance to counter the Dodgers offer, maybe we could have seen this thing get up closer to a billion. Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. It does feel like once they got their $700 million out of the Dodgers, they're like, all right, we did it. Let's move on. He's in the place that he wanted to be in. That being said, okay, so I already... I, yeah. I, you understand why the Dodgers make sense. <laughs> we and, got it. And, and got you it. know what? Good. You, you, you understand this too. So there's a couple of different articles out there from national baseball writers that have discussed why the Dodgers are better for baseball that Joey Otani's there than Toronto. And mm. there are two, I think, very dissimilar stories. One is written by Ken Rosenthal out of The Athletic, which is as much as this hurts, like it, it's hard to disagree with. Uh, the reality, too, is this. The platform for Otani in Toronto would have been smaller. Toronto is a wonderful international city, the largest in Canada, but because television ratings in Canada do not count in the U.S., major networks such as Fox, ESPN, and TBS might have been reluctant to carry Jay's games during the regular season, even with Otani. And while fans still could have watched Otani through the MLB app, the exposure just would not have been the same. He can't. Like, that sucks. Um, I wish it weren't the case, and... Yeah, I, I I wish there's a counter argument there, but like yeah, yeah national TV CD deals. Raptors schedule. Yeah. yeah, the national TV deals are the bread and butter of so many North American pro sports leagues. It's why nobody needs to show up for a single NFL game for that sport to make billions of dollars right. year over year over year. And baseball's TV deal not close to mm-hmm. the national national football league, but yeah, that's an important important point. Um, not that you should have cared as a Jays fan. Obviously like, not. Yeah, but it's like... like the least it, important thing in the world. For a health standpoint of Major League Baseball, I get, I get that. Well, but hold on. It's not even, again, just like think of the sports people or fans have here, right? Like it's like if you're a hockey fan, the baseball revenue going up doesn't affect what the Jays can spend. Like this isn't a case of, oh, well, at least if Otani's a Dodger, it's better for baseball mm-hmm. revenue. And then that increases cap. There are no cap in baseball. Mm-hmm. Like that's the part of this that doesn't, I think, even begin to carry muster with the Jays. Yeah, you, there is. They disperse the national TV money equally amongst yeah. the 30 teams, right? So there is more money going into the Blue Jays' the coffers, pockets yeah. if, in fact, this impacts the negotiations between Major League Baseball and its television, national television partners. Here's what I, 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 I don't 
agree with. John Heyman, out of the New York Post over the weekend. get to him. Quote, no offense to the Toronto Blue Jays rumored in the final days to be making progress, but this is much better for Major League Baseball. I know I will be accused of being an American. I would add, parenthetically, like you're an American. I don't understand this. That's the weirdest (laughs) wording of all time. Okay. But the Dodgers are a storied franchise. The franchise of Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax, and Vin Scully. Baseball will be better for it later on in the story. Sorry, but reality is reality. The Jays are a fine team and organization. They made the playoffs three of the last five years. Toronto is a beautiful city, too. But for non-hockey sports... There's a small-time feel to the place. L.A. is where Otani belongs. Just glad he knew that, too. Unnecessary? Oof. Incorrect. Yes. Okay, the Dodgers are a storied franchise. There's that, just that, can't there's confirm. No debate about that. The Blue Jays have now been around since 1977. Mm-hmm. They have one World Series. Mm-hmm. And when they were doing it, had the highest payroll in baseball. Mm-hmm. And had the highest attendance in all of Major League Baseball. I know that might feel like 100 years ago. Right. Certainly if you're a Jays fan, yeah, 92 yeah. and 93 feels like a while ago. This is not this is not some fly-by-night organization and some city that doesn't have a big feel to it unless it's a hockey game. I, was John Heyman not paying attention in 2015? Was he not paying attention in 2016 when a diminished version of that team was still amongst the... Um, American League leaders yep. in attendance. Like, what's going on here? Has a small time, like, first of all, unnecessary and just factually incorrect. Yeah, dumb, wrong, idiotic, quite frankly. I thoroughly enjoyed all the people just responding to that with pictures from the Raptors championship parade being like, no, you're right. Absolute backwater that no one cares about anything other than hockey in this town. Oh, wait, no one could move around the downtown core for three days because of the Raptors championship parade. And it was great. Like, that is ridiculous to think that way. The other thing about it as well is, okay, you go back, rightfully so, 92-93, that's the pinnacle. Was it not exciting for baseball when the Jays loaded up with Tulo and Price at the deadline and that team? Also, were they not the ones, was this franchise not the one that, and I don't want to give them all the credit, really, it all goes to Goose Gossage and us all getting mad at him, but it's like, the bat flip thawed the emotion from the game. Like, all that argument we had about, oh, are players allowed to celebrate? It's like, the bat flip is what spurned us to the point that we're at now with this. And would that have happened if he was a Texas Ranger and not a Toronto Blue Jay? Sure, I'm sure it would have because it was an incredible moment. But the proof is in the concept there that it happened as a Toronto Blue Jay in a game that mattered. And guess what? People took notice and people cared. The other Man. thing, The other thing I have to add to this as well is that I don't know. Maybe this, maybe my mind's changed with this as a guy who goes to bed as early as I possibly can, given what I have to stay up and watch on any given night. But, you know, I was a massive LeBron guy. Like, yes, LeBronto, it, it crushed me, it killed me, but I rode and died with those, those Heat teams. Loved everything about LeBron. I'm watching way less LeBron when he's on the West Coast and his games all start at 10 o'clock at night. And look, I know there's millions and hundreds of millions of people that live on that side of the coast or that side of the continent too. They're allowed to enjoy him. But the idea that it is 1,000% better for him to, again, be playing all his games at 1030 and on the West Coast and so late at night, is it is it bad that he's a Dodger? God, no, I would never make that argument. But to talk about it like it would have been a death knell to the game if he would have come to Toronto is ridiculous. This is why it was so, it felt so monumental when when he had, it felt like, chosen Toronto on Friday. Because 
this argument isn't allowed to ever happen ever again. Like the John sure. Heymans of the world, right. right? They have to eat it forever. Instead, they're emboldened. Like it doesn't matter that the Blue Jays felt like they were in it until the end, and I guess we'll get more reporting yep. on that. But like, this is John Heyman gets to do this because of the end result of mm-hmm. Shohei Otani not being in Toronto. Shohei Otani takes the six hundred million plus from the Toronto Blue Jays is in Toronto for the next ten years. This argument is is gone forever. For like sure. you, you can't you can't you can't write this again. And it's again, it's obviously incorrect. But John Heyman has to know it's incorrect if Shohei Otani chooses to sign here. That it's a small time feel like as Wild. if it's it's Kansas City Wild. or Tampa or I don't know. Was it like the fifth largest city in North America? Something. Yeah, like that? that it's like Cincinnati. Like, come what? What are we doing? No, it's it's just patently, patently uh, absurd. And John Heyman is rightly uh, getting a bunch of barbs from people mm-hmm. in the the city of of Toronto. And boy, that's 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 a rough go of it. Um, Shohei Otani in his Instagram post also said he's going to address questions for the first time since he did his final media availability in Anaheim in August. Wild. What do you want to hear from Shohei Otani and what do you expect him to say as far as the process here? Because we all know like what he's going to say about being a Dodger. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be like, yeah, this is a story franchise. I want to win here. I think I can win here. And, and that's why I chose to yep. be a Dodger. But like, what do, you, what do you want to know from him about this process and what do you expect to hear from him about this process? What I, what I want to know is like, how much money would you like to have? It's like, yeah, I would just like to know all the answers. I'm not going to get them. Yeah, you'd love to know what was that meeting on Friday about at the Blue Jays facility? Was that a fact-finding mission? Was that to stoke the fires? You're obviously not going to get that. That is the thing I would most like. What I expect to hear is that it was an honor to be courted the way he was across baseball mm-hmm. and to have so many people this interested in where he was going to... Like, that's what you're going you're gonna to hear. Like, I, I, we can all do the thing where we write the speech for him right now where he does not address any of the speculation that happened. And guess what? This was all part and parcel of the deal. But here's the other part of it mm. that's fun, guys. Because he's not here, we could just crush him for it and being, and being oh, scared and not talking and all that, not wanting the smoke. And hey, I was on this from the jump. Said there was no way. I did, I did change my mind and eventually say he was going to side with the Jays. But I should have stuck to my guns. This guy doesn't want, not to say doesn't want the bright lights. He definitely wants everyone to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. He just does not want to be asked any questions about it or face any scrutiny at all. That's kind of his MO. And hey, good luck. You're in LA. Seems like a pretty good place for it. Here's my guess. And then what I mean by that is bad luck. He's going he's gonna to be booed. <laughs> when the oh, Dodgers uh, are yeah. in Toronto yes. in April, there's nothing that he can say in his introductory media availability as a Dodger that will stop that from happening. Uh, here's a man who's never heard a boo in his life. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, a man who might be booing. <laughs> Gord Stelic. You know, that's true. He's, I, I've seen him at n- a numerous Blue Jays games. Uh, how's it going, Gordo? Well, it's good. I, I guess our, our sports world, we're 0 for 2 in plane, charter plane tracking, Well, right? Gord, Gord, I made the joke that we're actually 1 for 2 because people were tracking the MLSE jet mm-hmm. when Bab signed, but... I don't know if that's like, did you win? So I like jury's out, I guess. So I don't know. It's oh, either man. one and man. two or really zero for three still. Yeah. Well, I saw. I, I I met Ben certainly once with his dad. I think maybe a couple that's times right. at a Jays game, to say mm-hmm. the least. And uh, yeah, that would that would that was like the like Wonderland open early as far as the roller coaster ride went. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we then we got back to hey some positivity about the about the Toronto Maple Leafs anyway as the uh, 
I guess the Jays kind of recoup and figure where they go from here. Yeah, we'll talk about the Leafs, Gord. But yeah, like you're you're a a Toronto sports fan again. You've you've been at uh, more than a few Jays games. I know you were you were paying attention over the weekend. Where were your emotions? Like, did you think Shohei Otani was a Toronto Blue Jay? Absolutely. Uh, Up till um, let's say. If you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said no way in a million years. If you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said, oh, that's nice that they're competing, but he ain't coming here. And uh, I all, but, but it, it was so over the top. Like Friday, Friday was comparable to when John Tavares finally said he was coming that free agent day. And the, the, see, the other big one was for people of a certain age, this caught us by surprise because there was no inkling that Roger Clemens was going to sign that very day with the Toronto Blue Jays a few years ago. It just all of a sudden, boom. There's a press conference, and wow, Roger Clemens is a J. Are you kidding me? And and yet that kind of shock. But this one, and and you know Ben and and Brent, like like I I, I was I was pumped. I was Jack. Like I said, this is huge. This this is the biggest ever. Uh, you know, uh, biggest ever signing by any Toronto sports team. And Friday, and I got to say, my first inkling was when everyone got excited because mm-hmm. um, I was out curling on Friday, and everyone got excited, and they showed the picture of him. At the airport, and I said right away, well, no, if you take a charter plane, you don't you you get cleared on the plane and you walk right into a limo. Mm-hmm. So it's like that picture was the first in my thinking. OK, uh, and, and we've seen with what happened on the Chicago Blackhawks now, like, uh, you know, like like social media is just like just people are just lying and waiting just to suck everybody in. It's become an art. Gord, that is so perfect because when we were talking about talking to you about this, I said, Gord Stellick's ready to do two things at all times. Uh, share some opinions and curl. So it's very perfect that you were curling while you were uh, while you were while you were thinking about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Gord, kind of you know switching gears a little, but not. You've been in front offices. Like, can you put yourself in the headspace of what a gut punch it would be to have been there right till the end and making a pitch? And you know, they're nice free agents every year in all sports, but this is a completely different animal. Can you even begin to kind of wrap your head around that? Well. Uh... At this level, uh, well, it's all the same, really. I mean, it's, there's different levels, and this is enormous. This is different than, you know, just uh, bidding on, say, a third-line player or something like that. But there is always that feeling of disappointment when you really wanted the player and you think you're in on it. And in this case, so you know, now, now I'm trying to, like, like, did they flat out just use the Jays to get the yeah. $700 million, okay? Then you'd be pissed. And I kind of wonder about that because this whole thing about playing nice, and everyone be quiet. And Ross Atkins, oh, everyone thinks I'm in four different spots. And I'm not mocking him or not just saying like this, oh, well, you know what? If you breathe one word, um, you're, you're screwed. And that's where I like Dave Roberts, the, the, the Orioles, the, excuse me, the Dodgers manager, just being candid, say, I can't BS you anymore. We chatted with him. And, and you know what? And, he, 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 and then after our medium, which doesn't want sound bites anymore, wants some genuineness, start going to the general manager. Do you think the fact your manager was candid is going to hurt your chances? So, we're sewering this guy. And I'm thinking, you know what? If I'm Otani, I like this guy. Mm. I like this guy. I like, but, you know, that would have been a positive visit on, on that particular side. So anyway, that's a bit of a sidebar there. But, yeah, I, 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 again, I don't know the inner workings, but certainly they knew how much the cat was getting out of the bag. And they could have maybe diffused it earlier. And I, I noticed it was late Friday after all that. They started getting that, oh, no, oh, no, mm-hmm. no decisions being made. And that's when I thought, okay, I don't know whether you got used or just, you know, the Dodgers, that's where it was going to be. He lives in California. I never really understood about him coming to Toronto. But for 24 hours, yeah. I was like everybody and totally, totally pumped and yeah. believing he was here. 
Yeah, I I don't I don't necessarily believe that CAA started uh, the 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 rumor mongering early Friday, but I I'm of the belief that they were they were totally on board when it started to take hold, right? Um, yeah, that, that they were they were fine with the the way it ended up uh, and that it pushed the Dodgers over seven hundred million dollars. All right. Uh, the Leafs are good, okay? They're just good now. Uh, they win in regulation. They play a full 60 minutes of team defense. Uh, they're fifth in the National Hockey League in points percentage. Did, does it make our conversations, our fretting about this team you know, a couple of weeks ago seem silly? Uh, well, no, nothing's ever silly in the world of sports, but it's funny. You know, just the way you articulate it, it's almost like if you, if you touch base with your boss, say, every Monday, and what you said probably, you say, look, I'm busy today. Here's the scoop. We're good. I'll see you next Monday, right? <laughs> Versus other Mondays, we've had four-hour meetings and, you know, video and all these and, and, uh, and, and charts and what have you. But I, I think, Ben, the uh, important part is, okay, adversity. And all of a sudden, the goaltender playing phenomenal. So the number three goaltender is able to come in and mop it up. And now you're glad you have the number three goaltender depth-wise to be your one of your two in the NHL now in Martin Jones. And then the guy who's been worrisome, Samsonov, you know, is part of a, the shutout on Saturday. The whole thing, geez, we've got to get a defenseman in Toronto. Well, you know, the defense has actually been fine. So, so, so you're right. It's kind of a stabilizing time. It's, hey, it's still everyone in the thick of things, man. No one's running away with it by and large, or very few teams are. So, you know, that's where they have to keep their, their eye on the ball or the puck that way. And uh, four games and six nights coming up starting tonight. So that's a that that's where depth is going to be important to come through, whether it's the goaltending tandem or just in general rolling four lines more, playing the three defense pair more. I mean, God, Morgan Riley, what did he play on Saturday? 24 minutes or something? 26. You know, yeah, 26. So, you know, anyway, so that, that's you're, you're going to need a little bit more of that over the six days. Yeah, you, uh, you certainly are. And last one for me anyways before we let you go, Gordo. Uh, Austin Matthews, I mean, it's funny, right? All goal scorers are, are streaky. He certainly falls into that bucket. He throws two more in the net on, on Saturday night. And, you know, I'm looking at that game. And, look, there's many different ways the Leafs can win hockey games. We've seen them do it pretty much every way they're capable of this year and over the last handful of years. But that's kind of the blueprint right there, right? You get some saves. You get a little depth scoring. And one of the big boys just has to have a big game. And all of a sudden, you're in a great spot. Like, it is it, – it, when – when it plays out that way, it is kind of funny to to sit and think about how much we break down the minutia. And yeah, guess what? You get some stops and one of the big boys shows up. It's probably going to be a pretty good night for you. Yeah, you know, it's funny just watching that. It's just a very satisfying win as you're watching it. He scores and three minutes later, uh, my guy Justin, he's out with his buddies. And Matthew's second goal of the game won him a $278 prop bet. So there you go. It was uh it was a great night. Thank you, Austin, on the uh, on the Selleck household. I think Justin probably bought beers, a round of beers for his buddies wherever he was. But, uh, yeah, you know, hey, look look at Ovi in Washington. What, no goals in 10 games? And, you know, it, it, it's, it seems like all great scores generally are streaky scores. But, uh it's 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 like it's like we're jumping ahead so much you, you just worry okay 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 what's going to happen this time we can't get too excited almost like Otani again we can't do it again we can't get let down in a player <laughs> like whatever so uh, we hey part of being a great fan base is you 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 live live and die game by game part of being a, a solid organization is you don't live and die game by game yeah uh, but the. As a fan, that's fine. You can live in there. Yeah, well, totally. Hey, as a fan, that's what you do. <laughs> Gordo, always uh, great to chat. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. See ya. There's Gord Stelic. Yeah. That was a good question by you to ask him about the front office feel yeah, of, of the Otani situation. And I'm interested to ask Ben Nicholson-Smith about that. And I wonder if we do hear from 
Mark Shapiro or Ross Atkins in the coming days, they have to deal with CAA again. That's the thing. So, like, I don't know how scorched earth you can go. Well, and th- that's the other part that, like, again, no one, I don't know how much people want to hear this, but it's important to note. There isn't a soul on earth that doesn't have to deal with them, okay? If you deal with important people, mm-hmm. you deal with CAA. I think it's 3,000 clients they have. Again, we're talking about Shohei Otani, John Tavares mm-hmm. and the guy from Shark Tank mm-hmm. all sharing the same agency. Just to put in perspective all the tentacles that that place reaches into. So, yeah, I think that's fascinating. I Do you think we hear from them? I would imagine they stay quiet until they have something to show. Yeah, but... It, when you know, say they sign Cody yeah, Bellinger, right. and by, we yeah, haven't talked about the, the <laughs> like internet rumor du jour that Cody Bellinger's <laughs> girlfriend is making Instagram posts uh, about waking up in the city of Toronto yesterday. So who the hell knows there? But maybe not. Who, who People knows? are yeah. looking at <laughs> the sky and they're like, "Oh, look at the star! It's not in Venus." Obviously, uh, everyone knows when Mercury's in retrograde. Uh, you couldn't possibly have the sky looking like that. And I know, you know, we're all gun shy because of the oh, events God. over the weekend. This is it's this is the fun part. Like, I'm not I'm not a, an accredited journalist, insider, somebody who believes has you know legitimate scoops, mm-hmm. just like you. Reading the tea leaves, yeah. listening to the smart people. Like, maybe I can text a few people and get their opinions mm-hmm. on the matter so I'm a little bit more informed. But, like, yeah, and this is the fun part. It's not as fun when your heart is ripped no. clean out of your chest, like is what happened on Friday. But but don't be afraid to love No, again. I do think there's a lot of people who are saying, I'm not just, if Cody Ballinger signs here, just tell me. I can't, I mm-hmm. cannot follow along. Because it's like, you know, it's like doing a chore and you get a hundred bucks and then you got to do the chore again. You're getting, well, whatever I'm going to say is going to be rude to Cody Bellinger, but let me put it this way. It's not a hundred. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And Cody Bellinger might be okay. I, I tend to think that he's going to be overpaid for one bounce back season for Agreed. a guy that used to be an MVP. He's going to be paid like his former MVP self with the Dodgers. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's that guy anymore. No, I, uh, I don't either. I wanted to address something uh, on the text line here. Uh, so Mike from Massimboya. Frequent, frequent texter. Don't roast John Heyman for talking exactly like you do when it comes to the Leafs and the best hockey market in the world. Here's the difference. John Heyman, if he wants to talk about the Blue Jays like they're the Sabres fans, go, hey, man, it's a good market. They love their team. They love their team. It's a little smaller, and that's why. That's all, well, we would ha- we'd get our backs up a little about it, but mm-hmm. there would at least be a level. He's talking about us like we're the Yotes. Okay? Small town. Yeah. Or small-time feel exactly. to this town outside of anything hockey-related. So, yeah, that's that's the difference, I would say, is that. So I see a lot of people going, you all the time, talk about Toronto, center of the hockey universe. Yeah, it is. Guess what? Mm-hmm. The Jays, I would, like, do you think that's like a fair comp, something like that? It's like, yeah, they're a, they're a like, they're the Sabres of, of baseball almost. It's like a fan base that loves their team and gets super sucked in. And, yeah, guess what? Mm-hmm. If there's a little bit of a leaner year, I mean, a little leaner butts in the seats. Like, Except I think there's a history of winning here, right? That's the difference, right? Yeah, to your point, even better. Yeah. So yeah. I just and, wanted to address that. The, nobody's confusing Toronto and Buffalo, the city. No, That's God no. God no. Yeah. This is one of the great uh, sports cities in North America when things are going good. Totally. Right? Totally. All right. Time now for something to chew on brought to you by Great Canadian Meats, the NBA's in-season tournament. Now complete. And LeBron my James my goat. has added to his Hall of Fame resume, winning the first ever. Where's yours, MJ? IST title. 
as Anthony Davis, perfectly suited for a single elimination tournament. Um, I did see somebody saying Anthony Davis in non-real playoff games, and it was just a video of Prime Shack. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, I, so I had some questions about how this would be received by the Lakers in particular, and okay, they're not going to raise a banner. They had a champagne celebration, though. I actually felt like, so I was watching it live. I felt like the tenor of it was perfect. They were happy. They were celebrating, but it also felt like they were in on the joke mm. to a certain extent. Like, it wasn't, they weren't taking it as a joke, but, mm -hmm. and I think it helps when you're a team that's actually won something, that you have it in perspective, and the two guys who matter the most on the team were there when but they, they won the thing. But they were properly celebrating when they were hitting big oh, pockets no, down no, no. the stretch. And that's the thing, like, in the game, you want to win, you want to compete. That Like, you're always going to have that when there's something at stake, but I also just, you know, you see LeBron in the post game, and it's, he's happy, he's excited, but it is not the crying jubilation it's not the it's about damn time when he won mm -hmm. his first one i mean it was it was great i actually thought for me somebody who was ready to be irked by mm -hmm. the celebration i thought they struck a tone perfectly and maybe i'll be honest it's like maybe i'm just in the tank for lebron and that's why i feel that way but yeah. but uh, that's how i felt watching it no i would say the first edition of the nba's in-season tournament while not perfect was a success and is not going away anytime soon it'll be back It'll probably have a different name. It'll probably have a sponsored name. And maybe it won't be in Las Vegas. Or maybe if it's in Vegas, you're going to, like, force more not neutral fans into the facility. I wonder if they'll do it like bowl games, right? Because that was the whole thing with bowl games forever was it's like these schools were like, we we can't afford to make a yeah. bowl. They're going to make us buy hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars of tickets. And yeah. it's like... Yeah, why don't you do that? Why don't you just tell the Pacers? It's like, hey, you've got to buy all these tickets up and your job to sell them. You figure mm -hmm. it out. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the NBA's in-season tournament. Success after uh, one year. I would right. agree. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, whiny Patrick Mahomes. God, what a whiner. Yeah. You think I complain a lot. It turns out that there's not... The discussion about the best team in the NFL is not between the Chiefs and Eagles anymore. <laughs> to say the very it's, least. It's pretty tough for us having argued about those two teams in uh, the last two weeks. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about that more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's The Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Annis, Brain Gunning. I'm going to check out a text here on the text line, 590-590. Pack from Tottenham. Mm. He's getting ahead of, ahead of this thing, and this is obviously the, the pivot. I think Otani deal is going to be ugly in four to five years, already losing value year one and most likely year two because he's recovering. Here's the thing, Pack. It's a horrible deal. It's the worst it's going to go down as the all-time worst deal. Honestly, what rude franchise would even sign him to it? <laughs> Who would greenlight spending that money? Yeah, it's obvious you're paying for the more. Ink's dry. Hold on. Hold. The ink's dry on that contract? We're yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who would do that? Well, it's not officially officialized. Oh, yeah. Uh, then, like the... then I mean, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it goes beyond what he provides on the field, obviously. Shohei Otani on the field over the next 10 years? I don't know if he's going to be worth... 
$700 million. If he gets back to the MVP guy that's two players in one, yeah, okay. Yeah, that seems pretty worth it. Uh, he's honest. also in his 30s having a second Tommy John surgery, not the, the picture of health. And mm-hmm. if he's not pitching, he's a DH exclusively. A good, a good one. Yeah, one of the best hitters in, in baseball. Um, but yeah, getting paid $70 million a season. So, yeah. You know what? People want to hear this. Let me let me just paint right, a picture go, for you go guys. Ahead, go ahead. That, that scenario does play itself out, okay? And he just can't pitch again, which is like, it's not implausible. No. And you're, I don't know, there's some some Dodger dad. He's there with his kid, and he's like, hey, dad, who's who's that guy? It's like, ugh. It's the DH. Pay 70 sheets a year, and we're still going to be paying when you have kids, buddy, because of the deferred money. Like, it's the Dodgers, the money, It, you know, they had to do it, but there is a world where it turns ugly. I mean, they have done the deferred payment stuff, so they're going to be able to build up a team around him. But mm. Oh, yeah, so he's only uh, on their luxury tax sheet for almost $60 million yeah, instead of 70 Instead of 70 right? Really, really affect what they're able to do. The deferred payment stuff is so funny to me. Mm. I, am, I, am, I hope my son gets to read the stories that I have read about Bobby Bonilla mm-hmm. my whole life and mm-hmm. hear them with Otani. Like, it's just, it is remarkable. But I... I do think like there's a real world where not the worm turns because it's LA it's star power, but where it's just, he's a guy and he's a really, really nice hitter. Uh, But if he never pitches again, that 70 million, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You thought it was funny when Shoei Otani couldn't make the playoffs on a team with Mike Trout. Oh, how funny would it be to see him join the juggernaut regular season juggernaut that has been the Dodgers Mm. with, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Yeah. That team needs pitching in a big time way. He doesn't. We just said not this not year. This year, <laughs> like there's still more work to be done. Yeah, it, it's also baseball. Uh, there's a non-zero possibility that that it doesn't work out this year again. Like it's that the same argument I, I, I'm going to make for the Dodgers. Yeah. I would have made for the Blue Jays too. Is like who cares? Like and, and it definitely would have applied here in Toronto more than it does in L.A. The number of tickets sold, the yeah, amount yeah. of its excitement around this team, again the the cultural narrative that it sets for the John Hamans mm-hmm. of the world. But yeah, as far as on-field production, like there's no guarantees here. No, I'm far from it. No, there's not. Uh, man, it is. It it's going to be fascinating to see him when when he is finally here the reaction like it's not a question of what it will be it's a question of will it match bat flip levels of of loud like how mad has the sit like i guess the maddest would have been during that at bat before the bat flip of like uh uh when that's i was trying to remember the name russell martin throws the throws it back to second it hits i'm like trying to remember when the last time there was that much vitriol because justin hall pick was just a weird play think it was at home but that wasn't the same guttural mm. reaction like i'm trying to think like it's gonna be vince levels for a guy who never played here yeah it's gonna be and it's like, gonna be for three days it's gonna be like patrick mahomes against the nfl's referees he i've i've never seen him as angry as i saw him at the end of uh the fourth quarter in a pretty excruciating loss for the Chiefs, but a very much-needed win yep. for the Buffalo Bills, who don't lose the game necessarily, even if Travis Kelsey's uh, lateral to yeah. Kadarius Tony is is ruled 
is not called back because of the offside by the the most Tony? egregious offside in the history of sport, arguably. Mm, no, there's no. been some other ones. Yeah, uh, Matt Duchesne, the reason we have review in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, th- there's been a couple others, but here's here's where I'm at with with that call or the the vitriol that has since followed because Patrick Mahomes doubled down in his post game media Andy availability. Reed Andy Reid said it was embarrassing for the league, although like. Not in an angry way. It's just like, I think that's probably like embarrassing for the NFL. Um, yeah, it was a weird. It was reading the quote and seeing or hearing him say it. Mm-hmm. Very different things. There's I, I'm all I, I, I'm here for your NFL officials are horrible. And there's been some horrible officiating mistakes this season, the Agreed. NFL. And there maybe needs to be a complete overhaul of the way games are officiated. And boy, it's really taken some of the shine off some of these games. That's the wrong play to use as an example. Mm-hmm. Now, whether Kadarius Tony should have been given a, a warning or not, whatever. He is offside, like, pretty clearly. And obviously, there is no debate. There's no, like, okay, I guess it's ticky-tack. But he is clearly, like, foot in the neutral zone, head well into the yep. neutral zone, and offside. If you're going to complain about officials, don't do it on that play. No, and the... and. Y- people tell on themselves with how they talk about this play and or how they talk about this call. Cause if you hear someone say that was only called three times last year, they're not wrong. That was only called three times last year. It was called 11 times already this season, mm-hmm. clearly a point of emphasis. The other thing people will be, people maybe be a little confused by of like, why is it the ref's job to tell him he's on or offside? Pretty common thing in football mm-hmm. to make eye contact, give a little thumbs up, have something happen. We have had instances where players have checked with officials before. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the exact team that was involved, but this has happened either. If it wasn't this season, it was last season where a player looked at the official good. And the ref kind of just stared blankly at him hut and all of a sudden flag goes up because he was offside that there would be more of an issue but Kadarius Tony didn't even make eye contact with an official and again go look at his foot go look where he was lined up it wasn't a little bit it was egregious and you know I've been killing Mahomes not even killing Mahomes killing all of you about Mahomes but this is the stuff that drives me nuts it's the entitlement he feels as though it is his birthright to win that football game he goes up you, you want to go complain to your teammates have at it you want to go fight Canarius Tony because he's offside I'd love to see it personally mm-hmm. sign me up make sure that happens where all the cameras can see but to go up to the game and have the quarterback handshake afterwards and go up to Josh Allen, of all people, going, man, that was a terrible call. We should have beat you, right? Mm. What is Josh Allen supposed to say to that mm. other than get out of my face, I mean, man. again, like if they scored a touchdown, Bills have the football with more than a minute left. Yeah. Right? And Josh Allen looking pretty damn good in the football Agreed. game as well. Like, Agreed. Well, that's the other part of it is what do you think Allen is thinking there? That I just it, – it, it just rubbed me so much the wrong way. Andy Reid – I have I understand his sentiment of it. Mm-hmm. And again, when you and hear he's got to him, back his quarterback as well. Exactly. And when you hear him say it, it's not different. Mm-hmm. Or it's not it's not the same. It's very different than Mahomes and his whining, for lack of a better term. So again, I know glass houses, I complain all the time. I shouldn't complain <laughs> about complainers. I'm gonna do it. Quit your whining, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I, am I on an island here in thinking that um the discussion around the Kelsey lateral was overblown as well. Like it's a great play. It's a great throw. And yeah, they do this like once a year. I feel like. right. It's not the first time we've seen someone lateral the ball across the field. Now there's a great pass. Like there's a, 
Perfect spiral. Yeah. Right. And it was so, it had to be perfect because it's Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony catching it. Right. That's like, great. Not, that's not, a, you know what? That's a great point. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, you, you used some pointers from yeah. Travis Kelsey there. Um, but people discussing it as if, you know, taking off the board was the greatest play in the history of the NFL. No. It's not even the best play I've seen in the NFL this season. Like, no. is it even top five? No, it's not even, it's not the best play of the Chiefs run that we've seen here. It's not the best lateral even. Like, Randy Moss, the one that he had as a Viking, he throws it over his shoulder to whoever's oh, running yeah. behind him. That was awesome. Frank Wycheck, rest in peace. Uh, we found out he passed yesterday. His mm-hmm. Titans team had an incredible one where there's six different laterals, I think. Music City Miracle, all of that. So, I I mean, yeah, it was a cool play. It was awesome. But if that is any other team, and quite frankly, if it's not Taylor Swift's boyfriend, we're not having this conversation. And mm. I don't mean it because of the Taylor Swift, but it's Travis Kelsey. Like, he's a famous player. Yeah. Same way if this was Rob Gronkowski in his prime, we would have gone, oh, well, how can you take that from Gronk? I mm-hmm. definitely would have said such a thing. Okay, I mean, that was part of the argument as well that Patrick Mahomes was making. He's like, how do you take greatness off the board? Let the players play. For, forget about uh, again, he the just rules. Thinks, he thinks it is. It's like he has full manifest destiny with this Super Bowl. He's like, hey, it's mine. I'm just, I'm supposed to have it. I mm-hmm. show up. I'm here. I am upright. I'm wearing a red uniform. The trophy to win my conference mm-hmm. is named after the family that owns my team. Mm-hmm. It's my birthright. Give me my Super Bowl trip, please. How dare you? Yeah. That I mean, is what it came across as to me. Back that up. Yeah, he's each great. Each and every year that he's played. He's amazing. But let's see him go on the road. Yeah, let's, gonna have to. I mean, as it stands right now, they're only a game up on the Broncos for the AFC West lead, which is insane. The Broncos are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. They're one of the quadrillion seven and six teams in the AFC, of which the Bills are one. But, like, somehow the Bills control no tiebreakers over anybody. Like, none. Yeah. They, they have but that s- happens when you lose a lot. <laughs> I mean, they've lost the same number of times as the other teams. Yeah, it feels Six. like they've all been important games, though. Yes, it does feel like every Bills loss has come to head important to head. opponent X. Yes. Yeah, head-to-head, head, they've lost the Bengals and the Broncos, which which hurts. But they also don't control the tiebreakers against no. any of those other teams. Again, but I'm still of the belief that Bills get in. That's a dangerous team, as they For continue sure. to show yesterday. The, the problem is... Next week, they got Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. who has got to be uh, among the top two favorites for MVP after they take the Eagles yeah, I saw to the I to like I saw I jumped to super short odds last night after that. That was impressive. I mean, I've been I've been hard on Dak and easy on the Eagles, so I cannot run and hide from mm-hmm. this one. Defense seems like it's got some issues right yeah, now. Yeah, it was clinical, man. Uh, I, I definitely was selling myself when Jalen Carter... Uh, had the score, I was like, ooh, okay, here we mm-hmm. go. That's the moment because it's funny. We talked about this with Charles, I think, two weeks ago. We were looking ahead to this game, and Charles is saying, you could just see the Cowboys are in a good spot. Dak throws the pick late. We're having that conversation. I'm thinking, oh, boy, it's right there. Like, there's the turnover. You're seeing it happen. And, uh, no, it was not to be. Eagles, I think the really tough position they're in now, obviously, again, there's flaws with the roster for sure. The problem is they have this murderer's row and then the cupcake of cupcakes. You wouldn't mind a mushy middle team to kind of get yourself somewhat back to playoff form. I think it's Giants, 
Cards Giants. And, you know, I know the Cards have shown some stuff lately, but I that is the thing that I think is really, really tough for this Eagles team is that you just had this gauntlet of a schedule. You finished it now, or you have one game left, and then you have a cupcake schedule. Like, how can you get yourself back into mm. that kind of playoff rolling mode? I don't know how you do it. I don't know if they're worried about that. I, I, I think they'd take the remaining four games. Uh, they're uh, next Monday night in Seattle against the Seahawks, and then, yeah, they yeah. go Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Uh, and if they win those four games after splitting the season series with the Cowboys, they will control the tiebreaker over the Cowboys. There's nothing the Cowboys can do if yeah. if, if the Eagles win out. So I think they'd they'd take that schedule with a chance to win the NFC East and have a, a chance to to win the NFC. Although the Niners control the tiebreaker over them, sure. that Say team looks them, yeah. like a juggernaut. So yeah, I think we're down to now. Unless you want to throw the Cowboys in there, like one good team in the NFL, and I, that's the Niners. Yeah, I, I, they are good until they are no longer healthy. Uh, that's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. said about the Dolphins all year long, though, with Tua as well. Now the Dolphins have flawed. No, no, no. I like the caveat of if they say healthy. I'm not sure saying the Dolphins everybody. are. Hey, like if Josh Allen goes down, I don't think the Bills are gonna. No, you know, but Josh Allen. Josh Allen's not a. You know, sorry, sorry, uh, Sam Fran, and sorry Tua, but Josh Allen's not a band-aid. Like you don't expect him to miss a handful of games every season. He's a big, sturdy guy. That's like what you love about Allen. And I echo everything you've said about the Bills there. That especially with all the quarterbacks kind of dropping like flies and you got Browning in Cincinnati and all of a sudden if you got Josh Allen there you got more than a puncher's chance because there's a lot of a lot of like uh, glass jaw Joes there uh I know you you hate Aaron Rodgers I do boy uh, do I yeah so yeah Zach Wilson starts the game and plays his best as as a jet um they're still alive like the the potential still exists for the Jets to finish above 500, right? Like they can, they can go nine and eight. They're, they're five and eight right now. If 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 they win against the Dolphins next week, do you think we see Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Eve? Because he told Pat McAfee that that was the date he was targeting, but he won't do it if the Jets are out of it. If they win next week and they're what six and eight with a chance to run yeah. the slate to get to nine and eight, which might not be good enough in the AFC, mm-hmm. but like it might be. Do you think we see Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Eve? Yeah, I do. I think he is he is a moth to a flame. He's completely unable to stay away. Every single time there is an inkling of a camera or a microphone anywhere near him, he has to find it and he has to speak and talk into it. So why would he run away from an opportunity to play? Part of him going to New York, yeah, it was to win, but he wanted to be in New York. He wanted the attention and it hasn't come in the form he wanted to. He is dying. And again, you don't... I think he'd be totally fine going out as a martyr of, I did it again to myself. What a warrior I am. If that's the send-off, so be it. I, I I would not be remotely shocked to see him again. You? No, I, I expect him. Like I, yeah. I, It feels like for Aaron Rodgers next week, his Jets team in a divisional affair against the Dolphins is like his Super Bowl. Because I think it's, yeah, you, you can't allow him to come back if they suffer their ninth defeat of the season. It's also hilarious for me to read some of the post-game comments from Zach Wilson and his teammates about, hey, oh, he's, you know, he's told us, hey, what's the worst that can happen? Are you going to be benched again? And he played freely in the second half of that football game? Why was that only a conversation he had yesterday? Like, that, it's not the first time he's been benched, and clearly the narrative has him departing the Jets this offseason. Like, why did it take until yesterday for him to finally play with complete abandon yeah I don't 
I, I think it's because he's somebody who's clearly in over his skis of what it means to be an NFL quarterback. And I don't even mean like the physical tools of it all. Like he got drafted because of the physical tools. There's just so much more to that job. And it's, you know, it's, it's not just performing as an athlete. You're basically a middle manager when you're a quarterback of an NFL team. And I don't know, just go look at him. Does that look like a guy who's ready to be a middle manager at your office right now? Certainly not. Would not like it. Yeah. No thanks. Too good looking to be a middle manager. It'd be tough. Yeah. Like imagine Kyle Bukowska sitting in yeah. here just like, man, I'm going <laughs> to read you the riot act. No, you're not. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So tough. All love, right. Love Bukowskis, by the way. Great uh, hair. Yes. Of course. Who would disagree? <laughs> no one. I once, well, I once said he had the best hair at the network and then I a lot of people got their yeah. hair up. Well, because of Buck, right? It was like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? The how Silver Fox. You? All right, time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. Leafs back in action. Now the schedule comes fast and furious. They get back-to-back in New York State. Tonight, it's on Long Island against the Islanders to start the dad's trip. Uh, and it is the Leafs, naturally, despite being on the road, favorites. Uh, only slight favorites, minus 120. The Isles are even odds on the money line, the total is six, Brent. If the Leafs are short favorites, they just played a good game. John Tavares there. I know the Islanders are going to be motivated, but the Leafs, come on, you got to do it for your captain. I know we're past the whole do it for John thing there, but do it for do it for John's dad. He's there. Do it for all your dads. Uh, I I love it. The Leafs at a uh, kind of short number there. Give me them on the money line. I feel best about that. If we get it shortish, give it to me. Give me the under. Uh, I know that the trends would lead you to believe that it's the over because each of the Islanders last four games against Eastern conference opponents has gone over the total goals line in Toronto and its opponents have gone over the, the six goal total in 13 to 24 this season, but Leafs coming off that incredible 60 minute defensive performance against the Pred- This just very much feels like a low scoring affair. Give me under six at a even odds plus 100. It's a double header of Monday night football action. I found this out right now. Yeah. <laughs> you you get your fill of of uh, Monday night football with uh, this double header uh, started by the Titans in Miami to play the Dolphins. We're heavy favorites, 14-point favorites. The total in this one is 46, Brent. Let's take the over here. Dolphins, they beat up bad teams. It's what they do. I don't know. Maybe you think the Titans are middling. I do not. I think mm-hmm. they're bad. Uh, so I think the Dolphins are going to beat them up. Big spread scare me, so I'm staying all away from that. Let's take it over. Let's root for some points. What's wrong with that? We love it. No, I'm all, I'm all about the over in this game as well. Give me the over uh, 46 at minus 110. And then you got Jordan Love and the Packers, the Meadowlands, to play the Giants, and it is the Packers' Six-point favorites, the total is 37. Yeah, Jordan Love feeling himself. Giants on a death march towards the end of the season. We just talked about how they're going to be fodder for the Eagles to get themselves right uh, heading into the playoffs there. I like the Packers to cover, quite frankly. I'm surprised to do. If you would have told me I was taking the Packers to cover much of anything three weeks ago, I would have felt very, very differently about it. Jordan Love seems to have found something, and that Giants defense has not much of anything. So, yeah, give me uh, give me Packers to cover there. Minus 110, minus Matt, six is the line. Matt LaFleur, unbeaten in December. The oh. head coach, the Green Bay Packers. That's like a really good stat to have. Yeah, it's stupid, man. The, the Packers don't lose in December. Now, generally, they've had Aaron Rodgers at the helm, but the way Jordan Love is playing right now, yeah. kind of Aaron Rodgers-esque, honestly. Uh, yeah, I love the Packers. I don't mind laying the six points, even with them being on the road. 
Now, Jordan Love feels legit, and the Packers feel like, yeah, they could be challenging the Lions maybe as early as this season for the NFC North title, but certainly going forward, that's going to be a nice rivalry. All right. Will be. That was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. All right. It's one of those days where it feels like there's one story, right? Like, we didn't talk about the Leafs. We didn't talk about the NFL. And guys, those, those are guys, relevant. If I'm here and we're not talking Leafs, that tells you all we need to know. Yeah. If you have even a passing interest in sports over the weekend, there was one topic of discussion between you and your friends and one topic of tweet, and it was Shohei Otani and him now being a Los Angeles Dodgers af- after we all thought he was going to be a Toronto Blue Jay uh, middle of the day on Friday. Uh, we'll talk to Ben Nicholson-Smith of the At The Letters podcast next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.